0: Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, praise God. My topic this morning is fasting. I expect a little laugh there, but uh, I didn't get one. And it's all part of our series about why do we do that. And I have to say that when I started to do the notes for this, I thought I knew everything about fasting. And it's been a, a tremendous learning curve for me as well. You know, what is fasting? Is it biblical? Is it still relevant? And what are the benefits and the results of fasting? And I really want to give this morning just an introduction. I'd like to talk about the practical bits of it, and then really get into the benefits and the spiritual effects that it has on our lives. So fasting is essentially giving up food. And I'll just make make that very clear, I'll come on to that in a bit, but it's giving up food... ...for a period of time in order to focus our thoughts on God. And while fasting, many people pray or read the Bible or worship God. And fasting is found throughout the Old and the New Testaments over 70 times. And in the past, when people used to say to me about fasting, I used to say... ...well, there's more in the Bible about feasting than fasting. But that actually isn't true. Um, it isn't true but we often think about feasting because we talk about the celebration of God and being all joyous and happy about Jesus but God wants us to fast. In the Old Testament fasting is often a way of um, expressing grief or humbling oneself before God. David often humbled himself with fasting in the Psalms but in the New Testament it's signifies growing closer to God through meditating and focusing on him and in Matthew 4 Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days and in Matthew 6 it talks about not looking sombre when we're fasting which I'll come on to Jesus expects us to fast because in Matthew six sixteen it says when you fast not if you fast when you fast And Jesus fasted to acknowledge his dependence and gain spiritual strength. It allowed him to have a reliance on the Holy Spirit and God's word. And it's interesting in Luke um, chapter 4 verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days and at the end of that time he was hungry. Which seems a little bit of a, you know, you would be hungry after 40 days. But it's interesting that it says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. But then in verse 14 it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread over all the whole countryside. And God wants us to be full of his power. Yeah. And I believe that's what fasting does for us. That's one of the things it does for us. It fills us with his power. Because we all talk about being full of the spirit. We often stand here and say, we need to be full of the spirit. We need to be full of the spirit. But you know, when we, when we accept the baptism of the spirit, we are full of the spirit. You know, I've stood here before and said that, you know, we leak or we get empty. And I've had to really think about that. Because I am full of the Spirit, because I've accepted the Spirit of God into my life. And it's a little bit like a car. A car can be full of petrol, but until you put the accelerator down, you don't experience the power of the car moving you forwards. And so I think we need to be careful of our terminology there, and I've had to sort of make some adjustments in my thinking, because God doesn't want me to be full of His Spirit. He wants to be full of His power of the Spirit. And I believe that with fasting we can move to that fasting the different there are different types of fasting there's a regular fast which can which we abstain from all food and drink um, except water obviously there's a partial fast um, we read of Daniel and I'm happy to give people the notes because there's a lot of scriptures and I don't want to read every single one but in Daniel chapter 10 he didn't want to defile himself with the king's food, and he chose to eat vegetables and water only. And in Daniel 10, verse 3, it says, I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. So he fasted from certain types of food. However, I don't believe that's a scripture for abstaining from chocolate. Okay? I don't believe that we, you now I'm going to fast from chocolate for 40 days. I don't believe that's what it's saying. You can have a complete and absolute fast where you fast from any type of food, drink or water. But obviously this can only be for a short time because the doctors tell us that you can only survive without water for three days. But in the Bible there were supernatural fasts. Uh, Moses in Deuteronomy 9.9 9 and Jesus in Luke chapter 4 abstained from food and water for 40 days by the power of God. You may wish to fast from food all day or only a meal each day. You may choose just to skip one or two days a week. However, if we miss a meal, it's because we want to spend time with God. It's not because we were late or because we couldn't get the children ready for school or because we couldn't be bothered to eat anything or because Mandy had decided not to cook me tea that night. (laughs) We, We need to make sure that we put that time aside to be with the Lord. We need to understand that fasting is a progression in our lives. It's a bit like faith. You know, we're not going to raise somebody from the dead on the first attempt. We need to move in things of God. And we shouldn't set off on a a month fast. You know, we should start by doing a day or just a meal. We should... Make sure that our heart is in the right place when we fast, that we don't say, well, this is what I want to do and I'm going to sort of show everybody. If you've never fasted before, you will get dizzy, you get uh, very hungry, you get headaches, but it's all part of the process in our bodies and we have to build that up like faith. So don't go on a seven-day fast as your first attempt. We need to check our attitude and our motivation before we do that. And when we break a fast, we should do it gradually. You know, pizza and chili is not a good idea to break a fast on. We should be wise in the way that we do that, and we should show a little restraint. And we should always be mindful of any health issues. For example, if we're diabetic or we have a physical condition like pregnancy, that's just for the ladies, um, we need to be careful that we make sure that we don't put our own bodies into compromise. Fasting is not a substitute for dieting, or losing weight Matthew in Matthew um, 6 616 it says when you fast don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try and look miserable and disheveled so people admire them for their fasting I tell you the truth the only reward they will ever get that's the only reward they'll ever get and it's also it's important to remember that our fasting should be as a man purposes in his heart there's a great scripture in 2 Corinthians where It says that when we give something, we shouldn't give it reluctantly or under pressure, but we should give it as we purpose in our heart. And so the purpose in our heart should be very, very important to why we're actually deciding to fast. The point of a fast is to combine is to combine with it uh, is to create in as a combination of a more intense and focused time of prayer that brings greater communion with God a greater empowerment of the holy spirit that's what it's about there are some other types of fast that we hear of um, i've heard people go on a tv and movie fast take a break from the way from the weekly favorites and spend time to read the bible I've heard of people take a social media fast, which is becoming one of the most popular fasts in our culture. I've heard people take a secular music fast. But whilst all these things bring us closer to God, I'm not certain whether they're a fast or a self-discipline issue. And although it's not feeding the desires of the flesh, which I will come on to, they are certainly not a substitute from fasting from food. Because I think the Bible is clear, that fasting is about food. Yeah. Yeah. How long should we fast? Well, the Bible, that's entirely up to you and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible gives many examples of different types of fasting and times. And I, I won't go through all of those, but they, they list one-day fasts, one-night fasts, three-day fasts, a 14-day fast, a 17-day fast, a 21-day fast, a 40-day fast, a And fasts of unspecified lengths. (laughs) So, occasional short fast. Denying yourself food, an occasion that could last 6, 12 or 24 hours are very manageable. And sometimes I know people who do that on a regular basis. And we would call that an intermittent fast, where they would set aside. I know people who set aside a day a week where they fast pray that God would move more powerfully in their lives and there can be longer fasts where we could fast for 40 days however the purpose of the fast is the key we must fast with a purpose I'll give you a couple of examples here I I knew a guy who's he's with the Lord now it's not because he fasted but (laughs) I, I knew a guy who regularly fasted for 40 days and um He fasted for 40 days, because he wanted to break something in his life. And um, one of the things, and the reason I explain that story is, no matter how long you fast, you need to prepare. Because if you say to yourself, I'm going to fast for a week, um, you need to make sure that you're not booked to come for a meal at our house. It's that practical, because you can set off on something and then suddenly realise there's all these things in the calendar. And this guy, his name was John, he used to fast for 40 days, just have water for 40 days. And he said the highlight of his day was cleaning his teeth. (laughs) And um, he had to prepare, because obviously 40 days is a long time in your calendar. So you couldn't go and see people, you couldn't spend time with them. The last 10 days he couldn't work, because he was physically too weak to get uh, get out of the house. And he lost an incredible amount of weight. Um, he, you know, he went up about three notches on his belt. But it, it was something that he planned to do. He kept a diary, a journal, of his journey with God through that time. And I personally knew him very well. He was a very good friend of mine. And I know he did it four or five times because he was seeking God for something in his life. In my own life... Um, I remember a time when I was out of work and I'd been out of work for 14 weeks and we'd seen the blessing of God, Um, we'd seen God provide for us in many miraculous ways, Samuel our first son was six months old and I just felt I needed to go on a fast and it was an open ended fast, it wasn't hunger strike, it wasn't God you're going to do this otherwise I'm going to fade away but I just felt it was time to fast. And so, on the Sunday night, I'd I'd made plans um, for the next couple of weeks. And on the Sunday night, I started to fast. And um, I invited a couple of people to come and pray with me. Uh, John was one of the guys who prayed with me on the Monday. And we started this fast. And on the Tuesday, we decided to decorate a little old lady's house in the church. So, we were stripping wallpaper trying not to eat the wallpaper by Thursday. And we were praying and we were asking God to move. And the interesting thing was, was on the Friday afternoon, the telephone rang. And I I really don't believe I was holding God to ransom. I, I felt my attitude was great. We were just praying. And on the Friday afternoon, the phone rang. And a guy that I'd not set eyes on for many years rang me and he said, I understand you're out of work. And I said, yes. And he said, um, well, there's a job here if you want it in Loughborough. Can you come for an interview? And I said, I haven't got a car, because obviously being a salesman, the company car had gone, and we were used to go and get all the shopping in the pushchair. So he said, I'll come and fetch you. And this guy lived in Loughborough, hardly knew him, and he drove over and he fetched me, and by, five, by six o'clock I had a job. Yeah. And I just felt that God had met me in that situation. Yeah. And... Um, I ended the fast, but I didn't end it on Friday night, I waited till Saturday morning, and I just felt that God had met me in that situation. We can have group fasts, like prayer meetings, and when we meet together as a church on a a Wednesday, do we fast? It is, without doubt, the most powerful tool in our armoury. When we meet together, and we fast together as a church, we're going to see miracles. Just to be clear, we we don't fast because we want to be seen by others. You know, Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 6.18 that, you know, we don't tell people that we're fasting. And um, just a word of advice. If you ask somebody to eat something and they say, no, thank you, don't be insistent because they might be fasting. And I was, I was in a situation the other week, and um, we, I said to somebody, I said, oh, would you like something to eat? And they said, no, 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 thank you. And um, I thought, that's a bit strange, because they always, have, they always you know refuse food when they give them food. And a bit later on, the situ- uh, and I said, would you like something to eat? And they said, no, no, I'm fine, thank you. And then all of a sudden, the spirit just dropped something into my mind. And he said, that person's fasting because they're preparing for what's coming. And I felt such a muppet and I thought, "Why I didn't see that." But you know, what they prepared for and what they brought later on was absolutely fantastic because they'd put themselves in that place. And so sometimes when people say don't press it with them because they're trying to you know, they're trying to work that scripture out in their lives. Yeah, we don't fast we don't fast to be justified by God. Uh, in Luke 18 uh, verse 12 it said that Jesus is telling a story about a man and He said I fast fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get but the tax collector stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven and he beat his breast and he said God have mercy on me because I'm a sinner and Jesus said I tell you that this man rather than the other one went home justified before God for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So it's not that we fast to justify ourselves and go around saying, well, I fast, you know, three times a week. We don't fast to be commended to God. Fasting doesn't cause us to earn something with God. It doesn't help us to be, but it does help us to be more receptive to what he wants to do in us and through us. Because in 1 Corinthians 8, 8, it says, but food does not bring us nearer to God. We are no worse if we do eat or if we don't eat. We're no better for it. We don't need to earn God's um, acceptance through fasting. But the right motivations for fasting are repentance, spiritual strength against enemy attack, to break demonic bondage, to awaken a spiritual hunger for God that may be dulled because of the desire for other things, and to express an ache for his return. Do you know when Jesus met the woman at the well... He, the disciples went away because Jesus was hungry, but when they came back, Jesus said to them he said i've had food that you don 't know about, and for years that scripture I think well what does that mean but it's almost like when you're doing the will of the Father you're moving in his power you 're not moving in the chemical reaction that food gives you in your body that you know no doctors here but you're moving in the power of God. And you know, you read in the Old Testament that people who ran for 40 days without food. See, I couldn't run for four minutes, whether I got food or not. But there's just something about fasting that takes us into a whole new dimension of God. And fasting is always mentioned with prayer and fasting. You know, when the, the disciples were together, they prayed and fasted. And Jesus talked about the widow who worshipped day and night with prayer and fasting. So what does fasting really do for our spiritual lives? Well, it helps us hear from God. It can reveal hidden sin, particularly attitudes, which I'll come on to. It strengthens our intimacy with God. It teaches us to pray with the right motives. And it builds our faith. It brings us closer to God. It changes our heart. And it allows us time to deny the flesh. Or, in some versions, call it the sinful nature. Let's just turn to Galatians uh, chapter 5. I'd just like to read this scripture. Because we often hear about the sinful nature. It says in Galatians 5, So I say, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify, gratify, I'm thinking about food there, gratin. They will not gratify the desires of the flesh, or in some versions it said the sinful nature. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, jealousy, discord, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I was with somebody yesterday and I said, and what is and the like? I don't know. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live by this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That's so interesting that there's this like spiritual life and there's this carnal life that are in opposition to one another because the body does have a voice our bodies do speak to us if you don't believe that go on a five-day fast your body will speak to you now a lot of people say that john the baptist only had one message which was what Repent. repent but he didn't he had another message and it's i think it's his greatest message And it's found in John 3, 30, and it says this. He must become greater and I must become less. And in my life, the spirit must become greater and the sinful nature must become less. Now, I'm going to get a bit real with you now. I'm going to shock you, but I do have a sinful nature, okay? And if I'm in the car and somebody cuts me up, I feel the sinful nature starting to rise up. I tell you, I do. I feel, let me just say, I feel anger. But you know, the Spirit of God wants me to feel kindness, forgiveness, forbearing. When I'm at work and people start to persecute me because I've made a decision that nobody likes, I feel the sinful nature rising up inside me. I want to justify what I've done, I want to tell people this is how it's going to be whether you like it or not, but God's called me to be gentle and have forbearance with people and be kind and show goodness and be faithful to others. Sometimes things pop up on the television that I shouldn't be looking at and I feel the sinful nature rising up inside me and although I switch it off or change the channel, It's there. But the Spirit of God wants me to be self-controlled. So There's this battle all the time. There's this eternal battle going on inside us. But we want to allow the Spirit of God to take us over so that the sinful nature, the flesh, isn't gratified. And I believe that fasting is the most powerful thing to do that because it increases our power... Or our dominion over the flesh. Because we're denying something very physical to our bodies. And we're saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to spend time praying. And there's, there's, a, there's a battle in, in eternity that we really don't understand when we do that. It's something so, so spiritual. I believe that fasting deals with our attitudes. Attitudes are the hardest thing to counsel folk on and to identify and to deal with, particularly for the person who has the attitude. We often see attitudes in people, and then when we tell them they've got an attitude, they've really got an attitude, them. <laughs> You're all laughing because it's true. Because attitudes are things that are carefully developed and nurtured in our lives. And I used to preach this gospel of the doctrine of unlearning things, because I didn't believe that God could change a man's heart instantly. But in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says that the word of God is active and alive and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. And the word of God can set people free just like that. Just like that. Because when we fast, when I fasted in the past, God has revealed to me sins, attitudes, and patterns that are destructive to my life. And I thought, wow, why didn't anybody tell me that? And people say, we were, we were telling you that, but you weren't listening. Fasting helps us with, with prayer. It helps us answer prayers. In uh, Matthew 17, I'm reading from the Holman translation, Jesus meets a man who has a a demon within him. And when they reached the crowd, a man approached them. He knelt down before him and and said, Lord, he said, have mercy on my son because he has seizures and suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus replied, you unbelieving and rebellious generation, how long will you be with me? It's very gentle. (laughs) How long must I put up with you? Bring him here, bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and from that very moment the boy was healed. And then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive him out? Because of your little faith, he told them. For I assure you... If you have faith, the side of a mustard seed and you tell this mountain, move from here to here, it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. And sometimes there's a question in my life, how much do I really want this? You know, sometimes we expect God to do everything, don't we? We pray and we expect God to do something. Um, John McGinley came to Momentum and there's some things which he said were just phenomenal. And he said this, he said, sometimes we're in church and we think everything is led from the front. If we just turn up on a Sunday, every Sunday, religiously as Christians do, the church will just grow. It will just naturally grow. It will just happen. It will just evolve. I'm allowed to use that word in church, evolve. It will just evolve. But you know, we're all missionaries. We used to have a saying in this church, everyone's a minister. I'm changing it now, everyone's a missionary. Everybody's a missionary in this church. And when we talk about, sometimes on a Sunday we'll say, we believe in God, to see hundreds saved in Market Harborough. We are believing God to see loads of people healed in Market Harborough. We are believing God to see a church of a thousand people in Market Harborough. And there's sometimes a real rise of faith. But what are we actually doing about that in our own lives? Do we really want to see that? Do we really want to see that? You know, hit, please hear me carefully. We have a prayer meeting once a month on a Wednesday upstairs in the grammar school. But not everybody's here. Not everybody's there. And I don't want to say that to condemn you, because there might be very genuine reasons why you are not be there. But how much do we really want to see that? Do we really want to cry out to God? Have we been fasting that day and come really like, God, we want to see people saved. John McGinley said this, do we really care about their lostness? And then he threw this line away. He said, after all, they're going to hell. And some people in the room, I I, I could feel them go, but that's what's going to happen to these people if we don't reach them. And if we get that caught in our hearts because we're reaching to God and fasting and praying, that is going to be a tremendous motivation for us to reach out to people. Do we really care about the people out there and their lostness, their lack of Christ in their lives? When Jesus looked at the crowd, he said they were lost lonely hopeless i'm just combining all the versions together there lost lonely hopeless like a sheep without a shepherd no direction in their lives that's four versions put together there in isaiah 58 it says this is not this kind of is this the kind of fasting i have chosen to loose chains of injustice to untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free to break every yoke that's what God's calling us to do because when we really start to look outwards we stop looking inwards and we deny the flesh amazing fasting brings us closer to God it strengthens our intimacy with God the words intimacy and God don't sit well with some people especially if you're a man but God wants us to be intimate with him. The word intimacy, it means a closeness, a togetherness. It means an affinity, a rapport, an attachment, a familiarity, a friendliness, affection, warmth, understanding. And God wants us to give ourselves completely to him. He wants all of us. He doesn't want us to be intimate with anybody else but him in that sense and when we're intimate with him we become more sensitive to the voice of God we become more attuned to what he wants to reveal to us we become more attuned to what he wants to do in this town it develops our relationship with God John Piper writes in his book A Hunger for God he said Christian fasting at its root is the hunger for a homesickness of God. Christian fasting not only is not only the spontaneous effect of superior satisfaction in God, it is also the chosen weapon against every force in the world that would take that satisfaction away. I was stunned when I read that. Christian fasting at its root is the hunger for a homesickness of God to be with God and sometimes we get homesick from God you know we do our own thing we go off on our own way and then we we miss God and for, and God wants us to be homesick for him he wants us to fast so that we come back into his presence are we homesick for God this morning are we really satisfied with our relationship for God In Matthew 9, it says, One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, Why do your disciples, why don't your disciples fast like we do, the Pharisees? And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating for the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will will fast. Jesus was there, so they didn't fast. But when Jesus wasn't there, they did fast. Fasting isn't mourning. It's not being sad, but it's a way of expressing our passion to be close to God. It's a way of saying, God, I want more of you in my life, so there's more of me to give to the lost. So in summary, fasting brings us many things. First of all, God wants to fill us with his power. But he wants us to move in his power, It's no good having a Ferrari on the drive if you don't put your foot on the accelerator. He wants us to see miracles. He wants us to see folk saved. Because we deny the flesh, we have a great attitude, and we increase in him. We increase our spirit, we we decrease the flesh. We grow closer to him, and we become totally intimate with him. And we know the heart and the leading of God. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to all enjoy your lunch. <laughs> Don't feel condemned. But I just pray this morning that you'll be challenged. Because I know for some of you, some of the things I've said you may have found a bit harsh or hard to take in. But God wants us to become more like him. If I can sum up everything I've said in one verse, it's in John 3.30. He must increase and I must decrease. Amen? Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.